0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Five one double five one is our um, text number, and Joe at RT.ie. There's been a very serious development in the story we spoke about yesterday, following on the story last week. Yesterday's uh, story was a Hickwell report into the Lucan Lodge. Uh, nursing home, nursing home in Lucan in Dublin. Last week's story on Live Line was about the Sally Park nursing home in uh, Fairhouse in Dublin. And uh, Sally Park, you remember, I read out a lot of the Hickwell report. Uh, serious uh, worries about fire, fire safety to such an extent uh, that last year, last March, Hickwell brought the attention uh, to the attention of the owners, uh, Passage Healthcare International. Uh, on their website, they say it's run by two of the most experienced nursing home operators in the world, believe it or not. But last March, Hickwood told them uh, and gave them, bizarrely, seven months to implement fire sa- safety regulations, uh, which uh, were badly needed. Seven months later, Hickwood came back. Nothing done. In fact, the situation was worse. And um, last week, as I say, we mentioned it on Liveline, people very worried. Charlie O'Connor was on the local rep and uh, Sally Park announced that they were closing down because they couldn't uh, pay for the fire safety regulations, which they said would cost them €1 million, which shows you the extent of the uh, safety works that would have needed to be done. So how they kept going through all of that with Hickwa behind them is uh, a question that Charlie O'Connor wants answered. And then uh, Passage Healthcare also own uh, Lucan Lodge Nursing Home. That report that came out yesterday is extraordinarily similar to what's going on in Sally Park. And um, but Lucan Lodge is um, still open. Now, um, we have received a letter which we verified uh, from a former employee of Lucan Lodge Nursing Home, a former employee of Lucan Lodge Nursing Home on foot of what we were saying yesterday. The employee is too worried to uh, go public, but she has agreed to allow us to read out her letter and um, I can't ask people to give it attention more than you're going to give it but uh, if I could I would. This is a letter about Lucan Lodge Nursing Home in Lucan in Dublin still open as of uh, 10 to 2 today and this is what the former employee had to say to us. Good afternoon. Following on from Joe's show on Passage Healthcare last week, namely Sally Park Nursing Home in Furhouse and its high rate of non-compliance I'm writing about a sister nursing home. It's Lucan Lodge and it is also the subject of a poor HICWA report published this week. I'm highly concerned for the welfare of residents living in Lucan Lodge. The report shows repeated non-compliance with governance and management, which is the backbone of any nursing home and indeed any business. For this to be a repeated non-compliance really frustrates me. If the management structure is insufficient, then how can a nursing home come into compliance? When I worked there, a fire stairs was removed to turn the space into another bedroom to increase occupancy and make more money. This is extremely concerning now to me when I read the report and see that they have failed fire safety again. The inspection dated 21st of September 2023 states... Inspectors found that the registered provider had allowed the removal of an escape stairs in the centre of the building, which had significantly increased the travel distances in the event of an emergency or a fire to the next nearest emergency exit. The premises had also failed the inspection. I'm extremely concerned that this inspection report is published and the nursing home is still open and responsible for the care of highly vulnerable adults. Nurse managers should have time allocated off the floor for oversight. This was not the case as found in the inspection report on the 21st of September 2023. The report also shows some residents were left without call bells and inspectors observed some residents were left for a prolonged period of time before being answered. I have genuine concerns and angst that a report like this is published, yet the centre remains under operation by the same group. 
and that same group is called Passage Healthcare International. They describe themselves on their website as run by two of the most experienced nursing home operators in the world, believe it or not. Not in Ireland. It's run by two men, two of the most experienced uh, nursing home operators in uh, the world. We spoke to uh, Sheila King. I think Sheila is on the line now. Sheila, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. And Sheila, you're Chief Operations Officer with Passage Healthcare International Ireland. Okay. Um, the, can we begin with uh, Luke and Lodge? I don't know whether you were able to hear that letter from the former employee who's very worried. I didn't, but, no. Okay, well, the gist of what she's saying, or the sting of what she is saying is there is repeated non compliance in Luke and Lodge, as pointed out by HICWA. If the management structure is insufficient, which is which that was also found to be uh, true in uh, Luke, Luke and Lodge, this your former employee asks, how can a nursing home come into compliance when the management structure that is there to bring in the full compliance is up is actually insufficient? Is 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 Luke and Lodge fully in compliance, Sheila? Hello. Yes, it is. And there have been issues. In the Are you what type of... Okay. Um, Sheila told us yesterday, and she agreed to come on yesterday, so we'll try and get her on a different line. The line can't be that bad. I know lines it can be bad. But we'll do our absolute utmost, because this is the first time that anyone from uh, Passage Healthcare has spoken about publicly about... Uh, well, they spoke previously to a PR company, but um, they've spoken publicly about this very, very serious uh, uh, findings of the HICWA reports uh, as of yesterday. Are you there, Sheila? Sheila King. One, two, three, yeah, okay, four, I can, five. I can hear you now, Sheila. Um, Sheila, are, are, you, are you telling me Luke and Lodge is now fully compliant? We... The only outstanding item we are waiting for is a fire regularisation cert, which we are in consultation with South Dublin County Council to achieve. And what, what, what is the delay and what would that, what is that cert related to? That's related to the distances for travel on exiting the building on the top floor, which actually are fine. Um, but HICWA were wanting reassurances and rightly so to ensure that that is correct. And did you challenge, are you challenging any of the findings by the, in the HICWA report well, over the last some, few days? there were some issues. There were some issues noted, yes. But some, yes, may have, may have been um, projected wider than probably would have been deemed to have been necessary. However, we're not, not saying that there were failings, there were failings but those failings have been addressed. But those failings were in the area primarily of fire safety, isn't that correct? That's correct. And fire safety is a matter of life and death, isn't that correct? Absolutely. And we have the old fire training and fire drills so our staff are fully um, conversant in those and know exactly what to do in case of an emergency. And this was after. Why had this got to be pointed out to you by HICWIS? Surely fire safety in any organisation of your nature, nursing home, obviously catering for uh, a, a specific demographic. And it, well, why can't, surely she has a normal phone. Surely she has a normal phone. No, it's not her fault, I'm sure. But surely uh, she has a normal phone. Let's take a break and we try and fix it. Uh, Joe with RT.ie, 51551 is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Sheila King is Chief Operations uh, Officer of Passage Wealth uh, West, uh, Passage Healthcare. They, they run Sally Park. When is Sally Park closing, by the way, Sheila? Um, 21st of February. And why is it closing? It's closing because the building is not adequate. And how long has it been inadequate? Um, well, that's, I, I'm not quite sure what I, how I would answer that. 
Well, I, well, well, I can we help. I, I, yeah, I can help you because the Hikwa report. Anyone can help you, by the way. Sorry, Sheila, just go on to Hikwa website. Hikwa website last March said if conditions were inadequate, especially around fire safety, removal of a fire, fire escape stairs, etc., 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 and they gave uh, your organisation. Uh, seven months, which is extraordinarily generous given the seriousness of the findings last March, nearly a year ago now. They gave you seven months. They revisited in September and they said, as you know, again, public documentation, I read it out last week. They said not only had you not done what they asked you to do in the area of fire safety, but the situation actually got worse. So how long has Sally Park still opening, still open? How long has it been inadequate and a fire trap? Well, it's, it's an expert that would call a fire trap. Actually, we were working mm. with experts to try and get the building. Are, are you, I'm just for in terms of the phone line, Sheila, are you in Ireland? Yes, I am. Are you on, okay, that's, are you on a landline? No, I'm on a... Um, Was there any chance of getting to a landline? Unfortunately, landline is noise because so it wasn't when you know it was too too noisy and you're saying now that uh, Luke and Lodge is fully compliant bar the, compliant, yes. except except it's um, awaiting organisation set that far in yeah just, this is just hopeless um is there any possibility is there any call is there any possibility that Lord, that Luke and Lodge just, just uh, will go the way of Sally Park, your other nursing home, and be shut down. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What do you think of the the in the email from the whistleblower who worked uh, in Lucan Lodge? She said, "When I worked there as a care staff, a fire stairs was removed to turn the space into another bedroom to increase occupancy and make more money." Is that true? Mm. This is, can you try again, Sheila? Is is that true that a forest? Well, the Hickwa said it was, so it is true. No, it wasn't to make a room. Make room. Okay. But the the forest that removed. Yeah, we we'll just Sheila. Sheila, we do our absolute utmost in the next few minutes to uh, come back to you. We need we need um, this. This these are uh, as you know. And I think it's the reason you've agreed uh, at last to come on. They are very, very serious allocations about fire safety. And uh, given that across the city at the moment, there is a, a tribunal, uh, a coroner's court in session for a fire disaster in this city nearly 40 years ago, where emergency exits were blocked, where emergency ex- uh, exits did not exist. And um, people are very conscious. I hope, though you wouldn't think it from uh, the actions that Dublin Fire Brigade or indeed Hickwood took on foot of the uh, report into Sally Park. They took no action. Um, and anyone reading it. OK, we're going to try and get a better line in the next few minutes, Sheila, but I do appreciate you participating. That's Sheila King, uh, Chief Operation Officer of uh, Passage Healthcare. Um, OK, we have uh, lots of reaction to this report, which has got very favourable media reaction about the plans by, not the plans, in 25 weeks, Dublin City Centre, the Keys, the North Keys, and uh, Aston Key and Custom House Key are going to be uh, closed to uh, commercial and private, what do you mean, the family, the family motors, full stop. Uh, Pierce Street um, is going to be severely curtailed. You will no longer be able to go from Westland Row which is the main artery into Pierce Street. And by the way, Pierce Street, people don't go into Pierce Street every evening to have a goo. They go in to get to Butt Bridge to try and get over the river that defies the city into to try and get home. Now, unless they can swim, they've uh, very uh, few other options to get home. And people, there's no, there's no Lewis on the north side apart from one short line from O'Connor Street up to uh, Cabra. There's, the dart is very, very limited, as they admit, and uh, buses are uh, difficult in terms of uh, getting across the city because they have to get across the bridges as well. Now, uh, Joe, Joe Rowe, uh, you, you, you want to raise an issue. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, you see, um, Joe, in all these making roads traffic-free, you're forgetting the aspect of disability 
access. Like nobody seems to consider that somebody with a disability may actually be walking in that area. Therefore, they cannot now access the workplace. Yeah. Like there doesn't seem to be any talk. But you see, but you see, and I agree with you, Joe. Uh, what, uh, sorry, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just reading the headline from, for example, from the Irish Times, which seem to be fully behind this uh, report. And they say, uh, and the public, I'll get the headline for you now, in fairness, in fairness to the Irish Times, um, where they say that the public, after public consultation, there's widespread support for it. Yeah, but who did they consult with? We've asked uh, Dublin City Council, would they mind consulting with Liveline? And Liveline did, did they? No, they, <coughs> excuse me, they won't come on. They won't come on. See, see in, in, my, in my opinion, Joe, before any of this type of thing goes ahead, it should be disability proofed. In other words, if there's going to be an impact on disabled access, it needs to be taken into account. Like, I, I am now a wheelchair user. I manually wheel myself around. So you're cutting off where I can park, unload the wheelchair, mm-hmm. and then wheel to wheel. Look, and don't forget, public transport over here, a bus will only take one wheelchair. That's right. And if you're, if you're a quadriplegic, you need your transport for, for whoever you're carrying. That has not been taken into account. Mm-hmm. It seems to go through a black hole where the planners are concerned because it doesn't affect them. This is the headline of the Irish Times. Politicians are determined to bring in the bus gates. Dublin's biggest traffic transformation since bus lanes bypasses the usual gridlock. I don't know what that means. It's going to generate gridlock. But anyway, and a public consultation seems to show widespread support. We asked Dublin City Council, in their spirit of public consultation, would they like to talk to the public on live line? And they said, absolutely not. Uh, they, uh, they tell us that it wasn't an opinion poll. They didn't put something into every house in the in the in the city or the 1.5 million population. The the people who were consulted are the people who consulted themselves and they self-selected themselves and they submitted a consultation to DCC. And this has led to this uh, incredible uh, uh, incorrect statistic being bandied about, including by newspapers, that 82% of the public support it. That's simply not true. It's 82% of the public who elected themselves to make a submission. They supported it, and one could argue, one could argue that um, that those people who support it are those who'd be most animated by it, and those people who weren't in favour of th- these uh, massive changes. Um, now, they, they, as far as I can see, they will not tell us. After one point, no, if I had no. sorry, the, the five, the five, one point five million people, the, this is this is what they tell us, Joseph. The consultation, according to Dublin City Council, was open to everyone. Did you not know that, Joe? It was open to everyone. No. No, I didn't know that. No, they, and they don't tell us how many people actually uh, submitted. No. But they, they know what they do tell us. That 28% of responses came from between the canals. 53% of the responses came from the suburbs. And 18% came from Dublin City commun- commuter belt. Did you ever hear such a meaningless, inane, insulting statistic to put in no. a statement to anybody? How many, how many people, when they say 82% and it's been picked up by the newspaper, support this change and um, what, they won't even tell us what the, what the, who did the survey. It's not. It could, under, under no circumstances, be described as a scientific survey. Under no circumstances. Look, I hate to use this word, Joe, but there does seem to be a policy of ghettoising the disabled from the city. Yeah. Like, I'm all in favour of bus access. But as a disabled person, nearly 70 years old, it doesn't, it's not convenient for me to use a bus. So therefore, I use my car. OK, well, you know what they'll say. They won't come yeah. on and say but they say we will make special arrangements for people but, with disabilities. But they're not saying that. Where, where, how are they going to do special arrangements? 
because because I, I now hear you on the radio, Joe. Bit late, yeah, did you? Uh, it's coming it in. It's like coming that. in in 25, we- 25 weeks. Stay there, Joe. Oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. John, John. Good afternoon. Joe, good afternoon. How what, are you? Oh, what do you think of this massive change? I know it's in the capital, and but it will affect people coming to Dublin in many ways. And uh, anyone who opposes this will be immediately branded as anti-environment, anti-this, anti-that, and you'll be trolled left, right and centre uh, on X by anyone who uh, disagrees with you. But you make your point anyway, John. Yeah, well, the, 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 the problem I, I see is that we're constantly being told that we have to do this A, B and C changes mm-hmm. to how we move around our city. And I've kind of got to a very frustrated stage now where, where I saw the latest, uh, 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 what Eamon Ryan has advocated now about, you know, the city and that people, got, he wants to stop people going through the city, which he feels that they should go use alter, alterior or alternative uh, but does a river, ways of getting does a, around the city. But does a river st- divides the city? I know that, yeah, well, people I, I'm in the people, North East, as, you, as you know, John, people are not driving down the Keys in Dublin to have a goo at the Liffey and the Beauty. No, Island. I know that. They're going, to get, they're going to get from A to B because there's a yeah. river. And that's it, that's it. But if you think about the alternatives that we do have, okay? Mm. So we're, I'm here on the nor- in the northeast of the city, okay? okay? So we've three roads that come in. We have the Malahide Road, we have the Hout Road, and we have Clontarf Road, yeah. okay? And all of those roads merge into Fairview. So Fairview is a no-go now at the moment, whatever they're deciding to do between Just for for listeners outside of Dublin, Fairview is closed to family cars, full stop. Yeah, it's gone. So the three lanes from uh, Clontarf, Malahide and the Hope Road, all those, so that's one, two, three, that's six lanes of traffic is diverted into one small... Uh, alleyway there uh, on Fairview Strand, basically a That's single right. lane, a single lane. Yeah, mayhem, and it's mayhem. been forced to go down uh, Ballybock and into Summerhill, which is in a, it is a residential area. Fairview Strand, mm-hmm. where at the church there is a, a residential area. So the only alternative people have to avoid going in towards the city, and God forbid if you want to go over to the matter for a hospital appointment or something like that. But the only alternative you have is to go round by Alfie Bourne Road and over the Eastlink. Now, Alfie Bourne Road is is it is effectively like a ring road around the city. It's the nearest one to the bay, so you you can't go any further into the city yeah, than, yeah. than Alfie Bourne Road. And then you go down onto Eastwall Road, which used to have two lanes that's, all the way from Clontarf around. You probably know well, Joe. Yeah, that's down to one. And and now they're after making a, a complete disaster of that whole area by putting in islands okay. where islands don't belong. You well, can't turn right down, going down a road anymore and it just causes mayhem but why? everywhere. But We're the qu- doing our bit for the environment by trying to keep going and we all have to do our bit. But all this is doing now is just causing more chaos, more congestion and more, you know, environmental impact. Yeah, but, where, but John, the, the thing that strikes me, and like I was on a bus last night and on the Lewis last night, so I do use public transport whenever I can. But the thing that strikes me, John, about that specific example you're given of Fairview, Holt Road, Malahide Road, Clontarf Road, um, the chaos there every morning, which never features for some reason on the traffic news because it's just a given. Um, there is not there. Where Where is the uprising of motorists saying we can't get to work, we can't drop our kids to crash and then try and get exactly. to work? Exactly. But anyway, and John, this, this, is, this is the minister. Forced. This will wait for yeah. this. This is the minister for transport, Eamon Ryan. He was on full flow yesterday. By the way, mm-hmm. with Jack Chambers, the junior minister from Fianna Fáil, right beside him, supporting all he said, this is what the minister... Uh, for transport, Eamon Ryan, leader of the Green Party, said yesterday, and he's been on every radio station, so please don't ring to try and get on live, Minister. You've been on every radio station six and seven times this week. But this is what he said last week, and it puts it all, uh, sorry, yesterday, puts it into a nutshell. What I think what's happening, what's about to happen is a tipping point. There are various tipping points. At the moment, our planet is deeply in peril. The global average temperatures in the sea temperature and air temperature has gone off the dial. Nothing nothing like it has been seen before. It was the warmest January ever, following the warmest year ever. And there's a real fear. We have to act on climate change because if you don't, you can go over a tipping point where it turns into runaway climate change. You can't stop it. It perils our very existence. 
but they're also tipping points on the other side. I was earlier at ESB. I've just launched a whole series of new power generation clean batteries, which is going to help us switch the power system clean. And I think we're going to see a tipping point in, in actual travel. That with the money we've been spending, that billion euros we spent in the last four years, it reaches a certain point where it changes things on the ground. It makes it safe to cycle. And when we make it safe to cycle, I'm absolutely convinced Dublin, just like Paris or London, is going to switch to cycling. And not just Dublin, Cork, Galway, Waterford, Limerick, every town around the country. And we're very close to that point, thanks to you and everyone in the NTA, designing it by good engineering, uh, putting networks together that connect up. That 82% response yesterday in the consultation for change in the city centre, I think the people are with us. Jack, you were saying earlier in Fingal and other councils around the country, our councillors are starting to come around to reallocating space, to making it safe to walk and cycle. It's currently not safe. Talk to anyone who's cycling. It's not safe. We have to make it safe. And as we do that, it will change. We will see a tipping point where there's a massive increase in cycling and walking as a mainstream form of transport for our city. That's what we're celebrating here today. So cycling and walking, John, will be the mainstream transport in a city of 1.5 million people. That's it, Joe. And we'll all go down to Tesco and Little on our bikes and we'll be able to bring our shopping home and everything else. Like, there's day-to-day activities that people have to carry out. It can't all be done by walking or cycling. So there has to be a bit of give and take. There has to be a compromise. There's a lot of revenue being generated by people, by motorists. And I'm not anti, anti-cycling or anything like yeah, that. Of course. Don't get that wrong. But there's a lot of gen- uh, income being generated for the state between taxes on diesel, motor taxes, Dublin City Council make a, a, a considerable amount of revenue over forcing people to go over East Link, get yeah, stuck there every day, you know. So and like, the East Link, just remind, just remind people from outside Dublin, the East Link Bridge, which is a bridge over the river which divides the city, the East Link Bridge is basically two single lanes going in opposite directions, which are primarily used now by trucks coming from the truck container depot on the south side of the East Link because they can use uh, the East Link and go straight into the tunnel where they don't have to pay uh, a penny. But um, Doreen, 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 good afternoon. Yes, Joe. Um, I haven't heard um, much of your earlier contributions, but I just want to really expose the reason I contacted the show was I felt it was important to try and start a conversation about what's being proposed because I was taken aback yesterday evening uh, when when I heard that um, the City Council were going to begin their plan to remove traffic no, from the city centre by August. It's not a plan. Um, Sorry, Doreen. It's not yes. a plan. It's over. The consultation is over. It's done. It's dusted. You heard the Minister say it. Yes. It's done. Yes, it's I did. dusted. I, you can, yes, to, uh, as, in, yes. In 25 uh, weeks' time, the keys are going to be shut down. Pierce Street which is the main... The reason why Pierce Street is busy is because people are trying to get across a bridge. They can't swim across the Liffey. The, and Pierce Street will be reduced to two lanes, which you can only get into from a particularly gridlocked part of the city. Western Row is going to be shut down, no no turn into Pierce Street. This is this is not will we, won't we, maybe, uh, no, should I, we. No, I understand, This is Joe, we will. Uh, yes. yes, I understand that. And that just brings me to my next point, which is I also heard and read that we're being told that they got 80% of the people approved. 82, 82. Well, 82%, 82% approval for this plan. So this got me thinking, who are these 80%? Now, maybe I wasn't, maybe I took my eye off the ball and I wasn't looking out for the opportunity to make a submission. But I feel for something as important as this, that there should have been more publicity inviting the submissions and spelling out what the City Council had in mind. And I would also like to say, I suppose, in terms of who these people are, Dublin is our capital city. So I do understand it's part of Dublin City Council's area, but it's our capital city. And I feel now that 
that um, we're going to make it so much more difficult for people. For example, I live in Dublin, but I'm originally from Donegal. Mm -hmm. And it's quite a long journey for people coming up from Donegal if they have to come across to James's Hospital or St Luke's for treatment or if they're going to Bowman. Bowman's on the north side. But if they're coming across to St Luke's or James's, how are they going to get into the city centre? They say public, public use public transport. Can I well, come back in, Joe? In a sec, John. Joe, bring you back in a sec. Keep going, Doreen. Use public transport. That's not an option for people from Donegal. Donegal's a very big county, and you could have people coming from Inishon Peninsula, Gidor, and it's not a reality to tell them to hop on a bus, get your, get, drive up to Dublin, get your bus then, and bring you out to St. Luke's, and you could have very sick people. Now, moving on from that, I, I did hear while I was waiting to come on air, I don't know, was it Eamon Ryan? And he was talking about was, yeah. how they were making the city safer for people to cycle. And that just brought to my mind, you mentioned the East Link Bridge. And I noticed recently when I was driving down over the East Link Bridge, and that might be a route that Southsiders will have to take to get over to the north side. And I noticed now that they have a new cycle lane running down the Sean Moore Road and it's coming up to the most, a really, really busy roundabout leading into Dublin Port on one side and there's a recycling centre in your left hand on your left hand side. So if I come up to this roundabout now, I'm looking for the big trucks. I'm trying to see how I'm getting on to this roundabout. I'm looking for the big trucks coming around from Dublin Port. Mm. And the next thing, there's a bike coming up on my left-hand side on a cycle lane. I have real concerns for the safety of cyclists coming down that particular path. But you, heard what um, that, but, you heard, I, but you heard what the minister said. The one billion that they spent on cycle lanes in the last four years um, means that Dublin uh, has reached a tipping point where cycling and walking will become the mainstream, his word, the mainstream form of transport. Right. Now well, I look, I look that, forward. I look forward to seeing. Anyway, on, on that, can Frank, I just okay, say no, that just when st- I look, the round you want stay, stay with me. I'm going to bring in more voices. Frank Norris. I'll come okay. back to everybody. Frank okay. Norris, your point, please. How are you, Joe? Yeah. Just, to, I, I just think it's it's completely wrong to be blocking out our city of people being able to drive through. You know, I know it's congested at times, but uh, they could think a little bit better than completely wiping it out you know, putting in these corridors for, for public transport. And the public transport system is not fantastic at all, as the Minister would look like well, to you think. Well, you see, we should, we, you'll be asked, so what's your, what's your alternative? Even though you're, you're not a transport engineer, neither am I. But what, what is your alternative? Like, the city is already fairly cut down. It's, cars are not welcome in Dublin city centre. Anyway, the, the, between the cost of car parks and the one-way streets and the fact you can't get onto O'Connor Street except through one yeah, There should be a bit of a, an evaluation done if people... There if was they don't a, want to go... Frank, no, sorry, they're uh, saying... Sorry, sorry, I don't mean to cut across you, Frank, but I, if I have to, I'll play that... I'll play that tip, that clip again, where uh, uh, Eamon Ryan turns to Jack Chambers uh, down in Dublin City. They're beaming the two of them. And they, he says there was an 82% response, a uh, positive was, uh, response to the plan. That, that we, we, yeah. are, we are winning. What did he say? Let me grab the road down. We are winning the battle of public opinion. We are winning but I think the so. public. If you, if you ask all the, the public... people on this call, none of, us, none of us were aware of any consultation process. So obviously it's a very, very hidden secret of Well, where are all the, where are all the councillors? I've only heard one well, councillor object. Yeah, one councillor. Exactly, yeah. Councillor Ring was, was actually what, what encouraged me to send that email to you. Okay. Because it's the first time I've heard a councillor go against the train of thought of what DCC and uh, Eamon Ryan are trying to push down our throats at the moment. We're being, we're, 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 we're being asked not to do one thing, and then the alternatives that we have are, are, are being eroded from us as well. So effectively, they don't want us to go anywhere within the city, irrespective of whether you want to go into the city or around the city. The M50 is not fit for purpose. You can't get around to the south side of the city at all. It takes an hour and a half to get from the airport around to, to, to Bray. 
morning, evening mm. or, or night time. You can't go around the east link because it's only, as you said yourself, one lane there. Uh, and there's the volume of trucks moving from one side of the port to the other and over to that waste incinerator plant. And then the, 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 the whole way you're being channeled or funneled down in, 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 into alternatives, it, the, those roads are being eroded by more cycle lanes being put in. Because the cycle lane being put in on Eastwell Road, it's taken up a whole lane. There's a footpath beside it, which is probably about six or uh, nine foot wide. And, and there's never anybody walking on that footpath. Why couldn't they just have put a cycle lane down that footpath instead of taking the whole road passageway away? It's just, oh, this is the easy way. Take the car off the road and get rid of the lanes. I also have a concern in relation to housing within the city centre. Obviously, they want more people to yeah. live in the city centre, and there are people living in the city yeah. centre. They turned down planning permission for somebody who was looking to develop a hotel because they said, we need houses. How are the maintenance people to get into these properties mm. to maintain them? How are you to get your fridge if you have to bring in anything to your house? How is this going to happen? And um, I would have a concern in relation to that. And I ask the question, whose city is it? Like, who are the people? Is this a city for tourists now to come and visit without regard to Dubliners and people from the rest of Ireland? People from the whole of Ireland have an interest in Dublin City, not just the 82%, whoever they are, who said this was all okay. And the final point I'm going to make is, I'm reading mm. a book at the moment by Fergal Tobin called yeah. City Runs Through Them. It's an absolute lovely book about Dublin, about Dublin and writer, 20 yeah. bridges. These bridges have been built over the last thousand mm-hmm. years. The idea was connect the north and the south, and the river. let the people flow <laughs> and through the river. What's going to happen to all these bridges? They want to push us down towards Samuel Beckett Bridge. That's can't an absolute single nightmare. Lane, single lane, lane bridge with a bus lane and no buses. Gridlock. Absolutely. And then they won't let you turn left. When you go up along the quays then, you can't turn left anywhere until you get to the customs house. So um, I, I just feel... I suppose I feel that they can give publicity for issues when they want to. They weren't open the and transparent is, yeah, about the the battle is lost. Brian, you want to talk to Frank and Doreen and John. Go ahead, Brian. You think it's a great yeah, idea? I think, I think it's a great idea. I think it's wonderful. I'm, I used to drive, but I don't see more because I'm visually impaired. So therefore, I rely on public transport. And the city is always completely chock-a-block with cars mm. and, and trucks which slows down public transport and it makes it far more difficult to get around. Um, trucks you can are, still get around. Trucks, hang on, trucks, trucks are banned from the city centre. They, sure, we, 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 spent a, we spent a hundred million on a port tunnel for them, which they can use for free. The family motors will pay a tenner to get through it most of the day. Trucks use it for free and they still won't use it. Five axle trucks, you're right, Joe, were banned from the city centre, but smaller delivery trucks, which are still the uh, two and three axle trucks, can still use the city centre. Up to a certain time. So there's still time. a lot of delivery stuff going around. But it has to, stuff has to be, do we, what do you want to turn the city centre into? Uh, a line of uh, uh, um, rip-off pubs and overpriced coffee shops? I don't know, Joe, but that's not, that's not the point I'm making here. What I'm saying is that this will actually free up the city centre. For what? For public transport, for people walking around, make it safer to walk around. And the mm-hmm. impression that you're getting from out from so far is that you won't be able to go anywhere. You can. You can still get to places. You just have to go and take a different route. Just like in the past, you you could just drive up Grafton Street and you'd be in Stevens Green. You can't do that anymore. You have to go up Nassau, then up Kildare, around three sites. But you can still get to wherever you want to go. So this, yeah, this is a lot of myths going on. But hang on. The minister just said that we're at a tipping point where walking and cycling will become the mainstream form of travel in the capital. Do you think that's possible, Brian, in a capital the size of Dublin with 1.6 million people? With a river river splitting the city in two, splitting the city in two. What I'm saying that freeing up the city centre for uh, buses, for safer walking around for cycling is a good thing. And you can still access wherever you want to go in your car if you need to, you just can't go through the city centre in the rat run that it currently is. So where do you go? I don't, I don't how care. How do you get up? How do you get up? <laughs> I don't no, care where you go. Okay, but how do you get over the river? 
don't care. That's that's your problem, okay. not my problem. My oh, problem is oh. getting on my public well, transport. That, that's that's not a good attitude. That's not a good attitude to have, to say that you don't care. No, let let me just finish. Mm. If you look at the literature, the publicity literature that Dublin City Council have, the artist's impression of what Parliament Street, for example, will look at, look closely at that picture. You don't see any older people. You see young people, children on bicycles, um, young people standing around tables drinking coffee or perhaps at bars. You don't see older people. It's not a city for older people anymore. And I think it's not good enough to say you don't care how um, we get no, through the no, city. No, no, well, well, maybe in fairness, Brian is articulating. I don't know if Joe's still there. Brian is articulating what the, the council and indeed a lot of the councillors' attitude is. You want to get across the city? That's your problem. That's your Joe, problem. can I come in there? Yes, who's that? Frank. Frank, go ahead, Frank. You're Frank. listening to address, address Brian's point. Yeah. That's If you can't get across the city, that's your problem. Yeah, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. Because all the people have to get it, to be able to access the city and get across the city. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm wondering is, all the people who own these shops in town, big stores in the whole lot, what are we going to be doing, bringing them all home on our bikes? If you, you go shopping. I mean, you, what they're saying is go on your bike and walk around. But if you go in, like has been done for as long as I've grown up in the city of Dublin, people went into Henry Street and, and the late night shop on a Thursday and Friday night. And they got all that gear and went home. Now you have to go on your bike, you know, and walk home numbers. with it. Or walk, or walk, or walk back to your car. You right. know, and I know the man has just said, use the Lewis. There's not an awful lot of people like using the Lewis at night. Well, there's only, hang on, there's only two Lewis lines in Dublin. Let's get a grip here. There's, well, only yeah, two, there's only two Lewis lines yeah. in Dublin. There's one dark line along the coast, which is which yes, is. Yes, exactly. Let's let's not be on it. We're not we're not looking at the the subway in Paris or London here, which would have fifty, sixty different different lines. One, two Lewis lines in Dublin. Full stop. Brian, what do you say to 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 what Frank is saying there? That he, that that the city will just will just be dead. How are you going to get into the I... shops? don't think so. I mean, you can still get into the shops, you can still get in, you just have to find other ways of getting stuff back out again. There's so much been, um, been so much more places offering delivery, so you can go in, see what you want, you know, pick it out, get it bundled up and then get it delivered out. And again, yeah, we're just making excuses because they just feel that they uh, mm-hmm. people want to use their cars to drive from point A to point B. And because of that, the city is getting choked up. This is a good solution to go and help with that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you something. In my opinion, they shouldn't have sold cars to anybody at all. We wouldn't have this problem if people hadn't bought cars to go around and move That's around true. the city. That's true. And That's remember, but remember, if the government didn't sell cars, they wouldn't. We, they, they, we've the highest VRT in all of Europe, tax on the car. We've the highest car tax. We've the highest uh, cost of the NCT. We've the highest tax on, uh, sorry, excise on petrol, all going to the government. I'll go into the group. But anyway, um, is... is um, Can I ask a question, Joe? Yeah, who's this? Dublin City Council sit in town. Do all the councillors drive in? Or do they go on their bikes? Well, City Hall... The most, well, City Hall is served by... City Hall, where the offices are, is served by many a bus route. It is... It is... It is um, it is in the city centre. But I... But I, I mean, OK. Brian, what about the point that shops, as we, as we saw recently... Uh, Lego, as you know, are very uh, are in are in Grafton Street, and they wanted to open a second store. And instead of going to the south side of the city, down to Henry Street, where shops used to have to dub the second store or versa vice, as the fella said, they're gone out to Blanchardstown, to the to the mausoleum, to the basilica, to the shopping mall. That's what's going to happen, isn't it? I couldn't possibly say, Joe. Well, it is. Well. That's what's going to happen. Well, I the agree shops, with you, Joe. The shops I, I are agree with you on that. Yep. We more, more, Joe. more and more Americanized. Our city. There's no other city centre one that has that is um, split exactly into with with so few bridges and no no metro. Nothing under under the river. Nothing under the river. And yet, there's no other city in the world where the sit the, the centre of the city is so important to the history and the stories and the character of, of the country. Anyway, Mary, before the break, your, your point, please, Mary. It's an age of policy, Joe. It really is um, going to keep the elderly disabled out of the city. I think it's disgraceful. Um, if they want to deal with congestion, why not make public transport free? 
Yeah, but those who can will use it, you will use it, and those who can't will use their cars. I think it's an absolute disgrace. And as for the 82%, 82% of what? Was it 100 people were They won't um, tell us. They won't tell us. They won't tell us. We try, I, yeah. You see, we tried to consult DCC, but they said they they wouldn't, they weren't open to consultation. But they did, yeah. they did give us meaningless percentages. 28%. They're just throwing obstacles obstacles but it's all too the late. time. But Mary, it's, but, but Mary, it's done. In 25 weeks' time, oh, the, keys, the keys are going to be closed to the family car. The Pierce Street is effectively going to be closed to the family car. I don't know how people are going, no, to, Joe. going to get over There's to such the, a thing as people power, that um, people complain, yeah. that people complain. No. Yeah, but as the minister said, what did he say yesterday? Hey, the, the public are behind us. And they said we advertise it no, on the news not. and on the radio and you could reply online if you were online. And if you look at the photograph that Doreen sent me in of the, the new Parliament Street, it is laughable. Doreen, you're correct. There's not one yeah. person in no. that image. No. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven. No. It's about 35 people. There's not one person under, under uh, sorry, over 30 it's no, all, it's all, uh, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, Joe at RT.ie. Just, just before you go to your yeah. break, what are they going to do next year on Paddy's Day? Millions of bikes tied up to railings in town. Yeah, well, I know what Eamon Ryan is doing on Paddy's Day. He's flying to Brazil. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Jerry, Jerry McCalgan, good afternoon. I mentioned earlier that these uh, that these knives, they're called, what are they called? Rocks? Well, give, give me the name of the knives, Jerry. I think they're called. Uh, uh, they're called Rock Trail Knives. Rock Trail, okay. Rock Trail Knives. Uh, they, I thought they were on sale in Aldi when you contacted us. My mistake. They're actually on sale in Lidl today. And I, I have tweeted the video of these knives. Tell us, where, where, when did you spot them and what happened, Jerry? I spotted them two days ago in Lidl in Baldoyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was walking by the central aisle where they do the special offers, um, yeah. uh, tools, etc., there were a couple of people looking at these items and I stopped and I was looking. And I couldn't believe what I was looking at that was for sale in a supermarket. These knives were up on the wall. And the the conversation amongst the three of us that were stopped there was, how did this happen? Because they were labelled under the name of um, work tools, but obviously they were were something else as well. They were almost like, to me, I thought, hunting or fishing tackle knives. Mm Uh, lethal weapons is really is what I saw when I looked at them first. And when when you sent us in the communication, you also sent in, sent us in a link to a video uh, about uh, uh, advertising it. The sharpness. This is this is not a piece of cutlery. This is in a little holster which can easily be put on your belt and can easily be concealed. This is a knife that is so sharp that is so. And I don't want anyone doing this, going over to their kitchen uh, drawer now and taking out taking out their sharpest knife that you have in that uh, kitchen drawer. And even if you did take it out, please don't. Even if you did, I want you to pick up a piece of paper, a piece of paper like that, and I want you to try, don't, but I want you to try and slice the paper as you hold it in your hand without any pressure. This knife, this knife, Jerry, that you are bringing to people's attention, the rock trail knife, if you hold up a piece of paper... And you gently apply this knife to it, such as the sharpness of this knife, it will actually slice slowly or speedily, wherever you want. It slices the paper without any pressure whatsoever. That's one of the demonstrations they do on this video to show you how uh, how sharp this knife is, which can be carried by anybody in their holster. And I don't know if anyone's in Lidl, maybe they tell us how much they cost. But um, you contacted Lidl head office, Jerry. I did. I contacted them uh, when I came home and they got back to me this morning and said that they had pushed my complaint on to the management mm-hmm. and that they had assessed it and decided that there would be no change. In other words, they would continue to sell these knives. But what they, I presume the argument is, well, knives are legal. If, they, if we don't sell them, someone else will sell them. If, if they don't get the rock trail, this hunting knife, and it is a hunting knife, a small hunting knife that is lethal, 
um, which which they do point out on their video is extraordinarily sharp and and strong. Um, if they if they don't use uh, this knife, they'll pick up another knife. It's not the you knife that's the, the problem; is, it's the knife carrier. You you might be expected to see these in a fishing tackle or a specialist shop where there'll be some control on over them, but you certainly wouldn't be expecting to see them when you're going in to do your normal shop in a supermarket that's in most towns and villages around the country. And I I would imagine, too, if you looked in most workmen's toolboxes, you'll see nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You'll certainly see uh, work tools, but you won't hardly likely to see something like that. And the fact that it, uh, you know, it has accompanying sheath that you can push onto your belt and it's, they're designed to carry around. And at a time when the police are concerned with the level of mm. uh, people using knives in, um, in, in fights around the country and they're, they're, you know, they're promoting activities to stop this, it's very unusual to have these on public display and given a legitimacy that I don't think they deserve mm-hmm. by and being on display in a, in a regular supermarket. And there still, there still is on social media. On social media, you will see um, various uh, gangs of young fellas fighting um, or squaring up to each other. And invariably, they have, one of them has a knife. And now they're able to go. We're going to get complaints now, Jerry. People telling us we're telling them where to go, but that's not the point. Um, they can now go to Lidl and buy this incredible knife. Now, are you, are you familiar with knives, Jerry, apart from your knife and fork, as the fella said? Well, I know knives. I've used them for, you know, when I was fishing, etc. Mm-hmm. And I also do DIY and I wouldn't have anything like that in my toolkit. But yeah, and I've always been aware from, you know, for years and I'd go to fish and tackle shops in town if I was looking for something special. But um, and there used to be kind of uh, unusual shops in Dublin years ago mm-hmm. who sell things like this. But it was I think it was outlawed. So I'm not sure how, uh, you know, maybe it's a technicality that they're listed as work tools. There are two different, there are actually three Mm. different types. There's a standard pen knife that you can fold over, which is probably far less dangerous and harmful. And then there's another two knives that are, uh, you know, you can put into these sheets and carry around with you that I think are, uh, you know, I could only describe them as offensive weapons, potentially offensive weapons. But the the supporters of these knives, and Lidl are obviously a supporter, they're selling them, they're making money out of them. The supporters of these knives, including Lidl, will say the knife isn't a problem. The knife is a useful tool. The knife, it's not the knife that creates the problem. It's the uh, possessor of the knife that can, that can create the problem. Yeah, that, that's, that may well be correct. And you can go into your drawer in the kitchen or from your knife rack and take out a knife if you have the intention of bringing it with you for protection. But to have something blatantly on show in a mm-hmm. regular supermarket that smacks of a hunting knife or an army knife, it's very unusual. And it is tempting for a young person to say, hey, oh, I wouldn't mind one of those. And if they're up there, you say, well, it must be okay to buy them. Yeah, and, and to carry it around if it's a tool and, it, and stop somebody with one of these and say well I bought it in little Lidl it's a piece of my uh, tool kit and they say well they do say and they, they advertise them you know there is a there is a Lidl video going around rock trail knives are they worth buying watch the video and find out you watch a 10 minute video and Jerry do Lidl tell you at the end are they worth buying the answer is of course they no. are. That's why we're, we're hardly going to sell something. <laughs> well, they're up there and in a prominent position. They're on and being promoted. So they're, uh, I just, when something as sensitive as this is brought to their attention, mm. that they wouldn't give it more consideration and say, well, maybe that there has a point here. And if you're cognizant of the issues on the streets and the riots mm. and everything else, and the use that knives are put to in scraps around but the Jerry, country. But Jerry, in, fa- in fairness, is, sorry, just, is, is it, and I, you, you use the correct word. I couldn't even find it. Sheath. It is held that the knife is secreted into a sheath, which goes onto your belt. Is it? Is it the fact that this is a relatively small, concealable knife? It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a carving knife that you take, even though it's sharper than a carving knife. A carving knife will not cut a block of wood the way they do in this video. A carving knife will not. Sh- uh, slice through the side of a piece of paper without any pressure the way this knife does uh, in this video is it the size of it that's the worry that it can be it can be hid- uh, it can be hidden 
Well, even if it was smaller, it would still be lethal. But it is probably about six inches long on the blade and an inch wide on one of those. Uh, And the other one is slightly smaller. And the the second one is uh, more concealable, I I believe. Mm -hmm. But both of them are lethal and you can conceal them relatively easily. But if you're carrying them around and if you look and you say, oh, Lidl are selling those, so I'm, I'm entitled to buy it, it's okay. Yeah. You might not necessarily go into your kitchen and pick out a knife and carry it around with you, whereas you, you would under the influence of seeing this in a legitimate uh, forum. Yeah. And I still, I still don't, don't think and I still don't know how I can get across to people how sharp this knife is. It's much sharper than anything in your kitchen drawer much stronger than anything in your kitchen drawer. I'm now looking at a fella which has, he has a knife on a log, Jerry. okay? Yeah. And using a bit of a stick, he is now splitting the log in two using this knife that's on sale today in Needle. Now, I challenge anyone to find any, any small knife or even big knife in their kitchen drawer that you can take, put on the top of a log and with a few smacks of a small plank of wood, split the log in two. That's how sharp this thing is. Yeah, I don't think you'll find any forester using a knife of that size, no matter how sharp it is, to split logs. So it's odd advertising. Yeah. But, you know, all is said and done, I I think it's a disgrace that they're there. And I don't know how many of them have been sold or how long we'll have to wait to hear that one of them has been used in an altercation somewhere around the country. Okay, Jerry. Well, well spotted, by the way. Well spotted. Um, And I'll tweet that that, uh, video again for people to look at um, on at at, uh, Joe Liveline on X. Um, Just put it, have a look at it and... People say, no, I'm trying to sell it. But have a look at it and give you an idea yeah. how sharp this thing is because you would, first of all, you wouldn't bring it into a house where there's any any prospect of a child being in a house. You couldn't. You couldn't. The child, a child picking up a carving knife, touch wood, they, they don't have those very sharp tops on them. This is a very, very, very sharp top and uh, a sharpness uh, to the edge of it that they say is unsurpassing a knife. Jerry McColgan, Jerry, good to hear from you. Thanks for well spotted. We've been on to Lidl as well, and they say our team is looking into this for you, and we'll get back to you shortly. But you've already done our work, Jerry, because you said you contacted Lidl. Well done. And they came back and said um, the complaint has been sent up to the top, and um, the decision has been made to continue to sell uh, these knives in uh, Lidl. So Lidl have taken the needle and are keeping the knife. Thanks, Jerry, and making profit out of it. Good morning. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. great difficulty contacting Sheila King's uh, Chief Operations Officer of... Um, those two nursing homes that got these uh, horrific uh, reviews from HICWA. One of them is shutting down as a result of the review next week. And the other one, well, the review only came in yesterday. Uh, Sheila's having trouble. We're having, well, she's having trouble with the phone line. She can't get to a landline. So I'm saying to Sheila, come in here tomorrow. Come into the live line studio. You're more than welcome. And such is the importance of these issues. Um, you are more, more than welcome to come in here uh, to Donnybrook. And uh, I have four empty seats beside me here every day. And, and you can pick whichever when you want and uh, let, let's you you does you uh, have the right to reply and we're offering it to you where's Monica Monica good afternoon what happened your um oh sorry, sorry let me go to Marie I'll, go, I'll come back to you in a sec Monica you bought one of these knives in Lidl how much do they cost Marie Marie hi sorry. Joe how are you oh uh, no that's okay um, if I remember correctly I think maybe between five or six euros wow. something like that is it good is but, it good um, is it a good knife it's a very good knife. I knew what I was looking for, so when yeah. I saw it in Lidl, um, I picked it up for use around um, my little horticulture plot. Ah. So it was actually for cutting salad crops. And it does. Um, it, it is sharp, isn't it? It is very sharp. You do need to be careful with it. And I do agree with your other caller. Jerry, he yeah. made a very important, yeah, very very important point, and especially with the amount of knife crime in the UK, but they don't sell to um, under 18. Um, but I have to say, um, Sorry, I do who, love Lidl. Who, who, oh, the issue isn't Lidl. No, the issue isn't whether we love Lidl or not. The issue is Lidl yeah. are selling this hunting knife. Now, you, you're not a hunter. 
No, I, no, no, no. Selling it as well. And did you did no, you use the little I sheet? Uh, no, that. did you, did, did, Mary? Did you lose? Did you use the lovely little sheet that comes in? You can put on your belt and wear it around your waist. Yeah. No, no. I have to say, I yeah, didn't find that. that just wasn't useful for me. Um, would I'm you let m- Mary? I don't know whether you have children or whatever. But would you let a child hold this knife? No. 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 Well, why? Why, why not? Why? Children, why not? Um, it's a sharp knife. Yeah. It's a knife, and it's a dangerous object. Yeah. You need to handle it with care, one hundred percent. It doesn't matter what you're doing; it is yeah. a knife. Okay. Full stop. Yeah. Okay, okay, Marie. Well, well done. And you say it costs it costs just over a fiver. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was maybe around five or six euros, if I remember correctly. But it definitely wasn't too much more than that, for sure. Yeah. So. A hunting knife in Lidl mm-hmm. um, that is extremely dangerous. You you found it useful, but as you said, you wouldn't let it next or near a child. It's so sharp and strong. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, and the, a, hunting, a hunting knife I, in Lidl is the same price as three cans of, well, this is after the tax, I presume, mm-hmm. the deposit return tax. Three cans of Coke. I didn't see it advertised, now I have to be yeah. honest, as a hunting knife. I didn't associate this knife with anything with hunting. When I, know, I saw no, I cut myself, salad Yeah, we're not a hunting. We're not a hunting yeah. country. Like we don't have a Yosemite Park uh, or no. Grand Canyon or the the wilds of northern Canada. Okay, Marie, where's Good Monica? Sure. Thanks indeed, Marie. Um, uh, where's is Monica gone? Monica, on have one uh, one break after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Peggy, good afternoon, Peggy. Oh, yes, Joe. Peggy, um, the Minister for for Transport says we've reached a tipping point in Dublin where walking and cycling will be the mainstream uh, mode of getting around the city. How are you on your bike? Well, I certainly can't. I can hardly walk not to talk about riding a bicycle. And how? Well, what about? I've been a semi-invalid all my life. Okay. And I now have my car adapted. But I wouldn't be able to step up onto a bus, much less do anything else. Okay. So. And do you you like going into Dublin? Do you like going into Dublin city centre? Oh, I, well, not to any great extent, laterally. Okay. Uh, because of the parking, but I I regularly go across the city uh, to meet up with friends. But the idea of these and new changes, the, I the, know. Yeah, the idea of these new changes in twenty five weeks time, which are coming in, it's over, it's done, it's it's done and dusted. Oh, oh uh, I, I know that. Uh, like all the madness that's going on with regard to roads. Uh, our, our village here, and they won't listen about the road transport or, or the, t- uh, the la- extending the dart or anything else to Terran Yeah. And and they're making a total mess of ordinary people's living. But Dublin... But apart from... Uh, yeah, and you can't, change, you can't use public transport. I cannot use trans- and never will be able to use public public transport. I, w- I walk okay. and I walk with a crutch. Okay. And when you, so well, well, yeah. Well, they say that you can. You can. Um, you, you will. They say you will, but I don't know how you will. Do you cross the river, Peggy? Uh, only in, in only in the car. Yeah, that's what I mean. But you, did you cross to meet your buddies, your pals? Do you have to oh, cross no, I, the river? I, I would have to cross the yeah, river. Yeah, well, you see, that's the, that's the problem. There's only eight or nine bridges. Most of them are built, with the exception of Samuel Beckett, which is uh, a disaster, single lane bridge. The East Link is a single lane bridge, and you'll, be, you'll pay dearly to queue for half an hour to get uh, creamed by a truck and try and get across it. So. Yeah, um, even not, even maybe, now, no, maybe, 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 Peggy, we should pave in the river. 
Well, maybe they Seems should do that too. Because obviously, obviously they're under the impression. That'll be good for the yeah, environment. They, they don't want people going. They, they think family cars go down the quays to have a look at it because the Liffey is so beautiful and they're just going down to look into the river where they forget that they're going down because there is a river there and they forget from A to B and they forget to get to a bridge to cross the river. Paul, Peggy, mind yourself and safe travelling. Paul Bourne, Paul, good afternoon. Hey, how are you getting on? Okay, your your points, please. What do you think of this? Well, are you one? Are you one of the eighty-two percent who support it? No, I don't know. Do you think eighty-two percent of the one point five million people in Dublin support this? No, I think that's. I'd say that's. I'd say it's false. You know, I'd say it's. A, that's a percentage that they asked on the streets. You know, come and ask the real people that use the city bus drivers, taxi drivers, delivery drivers, stuff like that, and get their opinion. You don't get someone walking down Grafton Street that doesn't drive and only cycles a bike, do you know that way? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was self-selecting. You People were yeah. people were invited to make submissions. Yeah. I never got invited. <laughs> so what do you think of the plan? Look, it can work probably in some other way. It's probably good, but I think there's a lot of the city that needs to be re-looked at and a lot of mm. changes done to keep the traffic flowing because it's very congested as it is from changes that they've already made which isn't helping. So, and the idea is to get the traffic moving and get everyone out of the city at, you know, rush air quick. But it's not moving because of the, the layout and stuff like that. You know, I don't know if you've seen Deeswall Road recently, have you? What mm-hmm. you've done there? Have I what? Did you <laughs> stop? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't have to say any more, you know. And anyone else that sees it. Have you look seen... At have you look at the North Strand. Yeah, and, and have you seen the... Anyway, there's no point in... Talking no, about no, it. no, it's done, it's dusted, we've no power. Um, where is Justin Wilson? Justin, you're listening to Paul and Peggy. Go ahead, Justin. Hi, Joe, how are you? Yeah, yeah I agree with Paul completely there. I just feel sorry for the residents around Irish Town, Rings End, Sandy Mount, East Wall, that whole area. You know yourself, I'm going up to RTE. Uh, it's, it's completely gridlocked nearly, you know, most of the day. Mm. Uh, also... They're building a massive housing development in the old glass bottle site wow. there, which, you know, well, just, well, it, 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 it's where the people are going to go, you know. Well, well, Justin, describe it, will you, for listeners, because it is massive, what's going into the glass bottle, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, currently, Joe, you know, we've all vehicle traffic trying to get from the north side to the south side. Over the, the river. South side to the north side, yeah. Over the river. Some, the Samuel Becker Bridge, they won't allow cars to turn left off the, off the Liffey. That's still, right. So, which is making people use the East Link and at certain hours of the day Joe it can take you two hours to get from RTE to Dublin Airport if you leave the RTE at four or five o'clock in the evening it's going to be an hour plus to get to Dublin mm, Airport I know, I know I know it's so, so, and the so main bad. you have to get across the river you're not you're not doing it for sightseeing you're not yeah, going down the keys up. you're not going down Pier Street to sightsee you're going down yeah, Pier Street because there's no alternative well, I think Eamon Ryan thinks we all live in Portugal, Joe. We all want to cycle and, and walking around on foot, you know. Um, the, the well, Green he said, Party as well. Well, do, well do, you agree, do, you, do you agree with him, Justin, that we've reached a tipping... After spending a billion on cycle lanes, we've now reached a tipping point in Dublin where the mainstream mode of transport will be walking and cycling. Yeah, I don't agree, Joe. But nobody's looked at a congestion charge. It's worked in London. Mm. It's worked in other cities. Yeah, but London, you know, London, it, London has an underground and has had a subway for over 110 years. Joe, we'll get there with the Bus Connects programme and the, and the trams and the Lewis and the Darts. Give people the choice of going into the city. Don't just tell them, by the way, you're not coming in. It's going to affect so many businesses in the city, you know. Okay, okay. Okay, thanks to the Paul Justin. By the way, looking at our response, it's not 82% in favour of this plan. Sir, it's not a plan. It's coming into effect in 25 weeks. It's not 82%. It's 82% against. Um, by the way, the offer stands for Sheila, uh, Sheila King to come in at the studio tomorrow. Sound Ashton Grufferty, research on Riley producer Siobhan Hogan. Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie